This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Joey asks me about the importance of attractiveness. I feel pretty, so pretty. This is what a Joey sounds like. And this is what an executive producer and debutante Jess Vander sounds like. Hi, this is Jess. Are debutante balls real? I I mean, I guess I know they're real, but like, it's so foreign to my culture. Like, I think about them as like an imaginary concept, even though I think they are a real thing. It's just... Is it like the it's the narwhal phenomenon? Yeah, where yeah, people where are some like, people think narwhals, narwhals are, are imaginary. imaginary. They're like unicorns are imaginary, so narwhals have to also be ma- imaginary in that. Um, so yeah, so debutante balls <laughs> and and narwhals are both real. Now you know, um, Jess. Can we talk about something? Wow, good thing I'm here for that attractiveness is it real is it subjective what is the science um i bumped into a study online recently um in it i didn't like i wasn't uh perusing evolutionary behavioral sciences but i ran into a study that was published in it yeah um the study was called physical and psychosocial correlates of facial attractiveness by Marco mm. Costa and Dario Maestropieri, uh, maybe Italian um, nice. uh, researchers. Um, and uh, initially I came across it um, because there's uh, some really interesting graphs in it that weren't sort of like the central conceit, but it was demonstrating that uh, uh, women see themselves as basically just like a hair more attractive in self-reports than everyone else who is reporting on their faces sees them. So just like a nudge, right? Like everyone, we all know, like you probably think you're a little bit smarter than you are. You probably think you're a little bit more attractive than you are. Great. Women came in in this study, self-identifying women uh, as just a hair more attractive than other people saw them, but pretty close. Men (laughs) saw themselves as being twice as attractive as others reported on their attractiveness, which is just like initially sort of like a funny finding, right? Like there's a bunch of men going around that are like, I'm a 10 and everyone else is like, you're a five. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. Um, And so like I, I bumped into the study just like someone had pulled out those graphs and, and spoke about them. But then looking into the study a little bit more, it is um, interesting because there are, whether through self-reported or other rated attractiveness, if you, uh, Attractiveness is then positively correlated with self-reported social status, self-esteem, uh, and other traits, while uh, it, you know, it is negatively correlated with anxiety, neuroticism, past negative time perspective. Uh, and what's interesting about this is 
men are just walking around like delusional and like feel better about themselves. And we've had a lot of these conversations recently about sort of the impact that uh, social media is having on uh, particularly young women's mental health, uh, attractiveness mm -hmm. comparison, all of these different things. But we also know um, through many studies, I remember OkCupid put out a big study at some point that like you may be like aggregate a uh, three of five on attractiveness but if there's high variance like if someone thinks you're a five like your outcomes are like better like better relationships better whatever like attractiveness is so subjective um but in this instance just like feeling like you're attractive makes like your life <laughs> better and so I wanted to ask you, how important is attractiveness? Wow, it's very interesting. It's also interesting to think about attractiveness not as even just an objective measure, but sort of a mental state or sort of a, a something that you can feel versus something that someone else can assess and that those two things are different but related like yeah. you know the 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 known concept that confidence itself is attractive is really interesting especially if there are all of these overconfident men who are like yeah totally and that it's meaningfully helping that e even if it is misguided or objectively wrong it does help uh which is which is really interesting i also um you know i have to acknowledge that like the the way even that we're thinking about this is so um it, it it probably fragments and splinters so much when you look beyond the much more studied sort of gender binary constructs of this mm -hmm. and you and you look in other spaces and different ways that people assess it um especially and and also looking over time about what is attractive we've talked before on the show about like uh mm -hmm. different eyebrows being uh attractive in different eras or uh different bo body features that are fetishized over historical periods. We're in our butt phase right now. Um, people just are into that and, and it's everywhere. Um, but that was not always the case. Uh, remember the origin of Pilates that was like designed to, to make things smaller. And it's just so interesting to see how, um, how so much of that is both, uh, um, something that you can measure and that is generally agreed upon, but also so subjective. Yeah, it's so subjective. And, it, and it's, well, you know, um, it's interesting too, right? Like this study was about like specifically facial attractiveness, right? Like confine mm -hmm. and constrain what exactly you're trying to study um, and so it was narrowed down to like images of people's faces, you know, you say how attractive you think your face is and then a bunch of other, you know, 231 other people rate your face. Um, the part that is like challenging here is I think we, we place a lot of emphasis on it and the point you made earlier about how do you feel mattering more like most of the time 
I'm not <laughs> I'm not thinking about how I look or or whether I am attractive not a, you know that's not like um I am like blissfully ignorant to like appearance or any in nothing like that it's just like I don't know like I don't know how much I, I can change this conversation so I just don't think about it and and the point about how to you know how do people weight attractiveness in like partner identification and like you know like romantic partner finding is really interesting because there are lots of like evolutionary biology studies that talk about you know what are the evaluation criteria for men and women right and like even in this men sort of uh, identifying themselves as twice as attractive as everyone else in the study reported them to be might be like they're not focused on their face as like the source or origin of their attractiveness uh in some capacity and, and maybe women uh are more focused on that based on like how historically and evolutionary like partner identification has worked um but it it makes me think about you had mentioned something before the show started about like dating profiles in online dating right where there's a lot of um data that has come out particularly about men and women's success on online dating right where it is largely focused on like facial attractiveness because of your your you know or maybe people are taking like photos of their entire body or whatever but it is still like like static image attractiveness and few a, a narrow band of men are uh, inordinately successful on dating apps and the, everyone all the other men are just you know failing yeah well so let's let's talk about this because this is one of my favorite fun facts and it's so interesting especially uh if you are one of those people like me who happen to have a bunch of people in their life in their life still uh or very actively on the apps looking for love or whatever um and it's this it's that so um in a in sort of the high level you know trends research about women and men and how they use dating apps and how attractiveness plays a role um men uh factor in attractiveness very um prominently it's like one of the main decision makers of whether a guy will swipe and uh studies have shown men just swipe so much more just like very generous with swipes. Also men are, there are more men on dating apps in general um, and they tend to optimize for attractiveness. What's really interesting though, and there were uh, research done by OkCupid backed up by Oxford st studies that, that basically said two incredible things. One, that women were generally far less charitable about men's attractiveness baseline. They rated men mostly uh, ones and twos out of five. <laughs> And at the same time, the second fact is that women messaged more average-looking men and were much less likely to message the most attractive-looking men. And part of this is that there is sort of like an, either an unattainability element 
Also, some suggestions say that it's because women don't want to date someone who they think is more attractive than them, whereas uh, men are absolutely trying to find someone and are <laughs> not abashed about trying to date someone more attractive than them. Um, and the way this balances out is so fascinating because, uh, you know, there are... Um, I, I saw in a, in a Pew study, men complain that they don't receive enough messages and like people aren't reaching out to them. And they're like, I just don't get it. Like, what's the problem here? And it's like, I don't know. But, um, you know, maybe there are just these other factors that have nothing to do with how attractive you are that maybe are uh, falling by the wayside and that you're not doing you're not doing your tasks to draw people in. Uh, so just isn't that so fascinating? Yeah, it's it's like totally game theory, right? And also like historical motivations, right? Like those sort of right we're 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 trying to do dating or, or partner identification or you know, mate identification whatever, like however we want to talk about it from like a historical perspective in a contemporary modern setting where the reality is like the decision criteria have changed, but you know the evolutionary criteria you know your your sort of ingrained wiring hasn't changed in hundred and fifty years of you know like yeah. industrial revolution or like the twenty year twenty five years of the internet revolution, and so you you're right like if you're trying to date someone and you are you know uh, from a one to five, you are a woman that is a five. And you're only messaging like twos because you want to like hold down a relationship and lock in a partner because you're essentially you've like created an uneven incentive structure that you are more attractive than your partner. Therefore, you are more likely theoretically to like keep them is super fascinating. <laughs> it's like, you know, like so it it just makes me think about like. Are there just like a bunch of in this like one to five scale, like a, just a bunch of lonely fives on both sides of of the side, like just like no one's talk, no one's stuck. I'm too pretty to where's, find someone. Where's the apps? I'm too handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the apps for the hotties? The, the yeah. hotties, lonely, lonely hotties <laughs> out there. <laughs> um. Well, it's it, it's it, there are also like studies related to this, right? Like because of the historical. Um, sort of gender preferences within mate identification, like there are weird correlates that come out of it. Like more attractive couples are more likely to have female children. Like I remember reading that in a in like a journal like this, like maybe in like 2012, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, right? Like these people are attractive, and somehow they're like the best investment." in procreation somehow nets out to where like we're pretty Whoa. so prettiness is more valuable in female children so let like somehow female so children are coming out in like the math what? i'm like what how does that, that work out like what is the I mean, driver behind that correlation or is it causal that's very interesting wow i i feel like that the the different stemming sort of uh, behaviors, decisions, consequences of this are so fascinating. And on the subject of dating apps, since we're talking about it, I think it's really interesting being armed with all of this information when trying to create 
profiles and i was saying earlier before we hopped on about how it feels like a microcosm of brand strategy in this very sort of um down to earth and uh universal experience that is the dating app uh universe where people without this knowledge don't might over optimize on the wrong traits maybe because they they don't they have biases and they don't realize the way that it actually works um and so you know uh you know guys posting photos of themselves looking too good when that is actually maybe uh less appealing or <laughs> not, or or maybe uh going to put them on that lonely hotties only app um and yeah. um as well as like under under investing in their profiles uh which is where women spent much more time uh than men reading uh, maybe to yeah. surprise well, it's, it's interesting to, like, try and quantify these things, too, right? Like, even within that, like, that what you're talking about of, like, overemphasizing, like, is someone, like, mentally modeling, like, oh, I look like a, whatever, I look like an eight in this picture uh, versus something yes. else. Uh, and, right. But that I'm realizing, like, historically, I can actually see moments of... um. So Tina, who uh, like shares studio space with us and had shared studio space with us forever, was moving recently. She worked, she's a designer company called Little Fury. And we've you know, been friends now for like 13 years or, or something. And, and we were talking when she was moving, just like reminiscing. And there's a point where I, the last time I was single, like in 2012 or something, where we were talking, she was single, people we were dating and talking about that. And she just like came out to me and was like, oh, like you're a super solid seven. And I was like, I don't want to know. Like truly, like I don't, I don't want to know. Like I don't want to think about it that way. Like I'm, I feel comfortable in wherever I'm sitting. Like I don't want to hear you put like a number to it. And it makes me think of like, was I doing this thing, right? Like I felt confident wherever it was that I was sitting. Not that like, I'm a babe or something just like I was good. I felt I felt good. And then she like felt, put felt a number on it and I was like, shut it down, shut it down. This reminds me of this uh, in my mind uh, in the catalog of one's like mental library of articles that you for some reason remember. Uh, There's this one um, article a bunch of years ago um, looking at a, it was in January 2016 about somebody who went into the tinder rating system uh and learned what their elo score was which is basically their algorithmic ranking of basically hotness uh and elo score is like a chess rating score you're taking like a chess score to to your face basically yeah (laughs) exactly and that's that's what they that's what they call it internally uh and they use they use that construct of to, to basically power pair people, which is where, where like they want you to be seeing people that are on a, a relatively equivalent ELO score or ranking, so to speak, so that you have a greater chance of success. And that's why the more you swipe, that's why you'll notice when you're on dating apps, they want you to swipe more because it gives more data to feed what your score is. And so 
but it's so interesting. It's, it's one of those really awesome long reads. And in sort of this uh, sort of journalists or writers exploration, um, they they are like grappling with the consequence of of seeing under that hood and being like oh oh maybe i don't actually want to know this information it's a little it's a little too it cuts a little deep no way i would not i'm definitely like the person who's like someone's like if you could find out the day that you died would you want to know i'm like nope like blissful ignorance please like i don't you know if we're not dating, I don't want to know how attractive you think I am or not. Like, I'm really happy, <laughs> like, just not thinking about, you know, like, there is that idea of, of where do you choose to focus your attention and the, you know, that, like, how important is attractiveness in that initial question, I think, is obviously, like, there's not an answer to it. We can, it's probably contextual, but, like, what is the currency that you place on that thing for yourself? Like, where does it rank in your personal identification attributes? And, like, for me, that's never been high, and I don't want to think about it because I don't want to, like, elevate the amount of time, you know, I think probably that probably just means that I'm like I don't feel like that is a particularly strong skill that I have and therefore I don't want to spend time thinking about the things that I'm not like good at. you know like I feel like an intelligent person I would rather like spend my time if I'm if I'm reflecting on myself and my personal merits and attributes being like I'm pretty good at that but like uh, where do you like where do you put that in your like personal power ranking of your skill sets probably matters and i think to that question of like why why are young women having this challenging moment from sort of a mental well-being perspective like a lot of it comes right. back to this like comparative dynamic which puts you into these things and that you're almost putting even if you're not expressly quantifying it you're you're sort of like putting yourself on that like graduated scale somewhere and perpetually being like she's more attractive than me she's less attractive and you're like oh i'm like adjusting my rankings constantly as like every picture i'm seeing on on an app and it just sucks <laughs> so like how important is attractiveness probably important in a bunch of contexts but like how good is it for us to think about probably not very <laughs> Yeah, and besides just that sort of uh, like that toxic process of comparison, there's also just like harassment, and uh, yeah. younger women are much more likely to be harassed on dating apps or sent like explicit yep. messages. Uh, I saw something that said on, on non-dating apps also, <laughs> right? And just like in the world, um, sixty percent of female users aged eighteen to thirty-four say somebody on a dating site or app continued to contact them after they said they were not interested. There's just you know, there's just sort of other things that maybe we need to work on <laughs> about that. Uh, so are we just burning? And, are we burning the apps down? <laughs> uh, it, no, and and that's not really. I don't. I don't think the the intention anyway it's just to say that we're just disposing of our, the whole man <laughs> yeah well and our relationship with attractiveness is so fraught as as a signal totally. of of anything and yet a very very real source and measurement of value and worth and 
and stuff. That's just totally. like we're we're figuring that out right now. Um, so not that we not that it's all bad things, but it is fraught. <laughs> it is fraught. Well, Jess, do you want to take us to what corner is <laughs> what cor- mirror corner? Uh, I don't want to look. What is the wrap-up corner? Mirrors that goes on and on and on and on. How important is attractiveness? Lots, but also not, but also kind of. But also, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like first, first of all, but like also second of all, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, send us your hilarious dating app stories. Send us your hopeful, inspiring attractiveness, self, self valuing, and self worth moments. You can know, I add a Can I that. add a note to the wrap up that is like this? May be like the one area where like being delusional is probably good for all of us. Genuinely does help you. So. You live yeah. in that world. We're all tens, but like we're all but like just don't, tens. But like, don't take that to <laughs> don't take that to messed up places. Just like contain yeah. it and feel proud and happy. Okay, that seems helpful. Yep. Great. For yourself, just keep it to, keep it to yourself. <laughs> You're a ten. <laughs> Critical nonsense is a Sylvain Productione. That's Italian because of researchers. <laughs> Brought to you by Lonely Hotties IO, <laughs> a place for all you lonely hotties. Uh, that got me. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank executive producer and hottie matchmaker Jess Vander. Well, thanks, Jody. We'd also like to thank sound engineer and the optimal being Alex Contel. <laughs> Um, we'd like to thank programming coordinator and ice cream hottie, Les Jacobs. And thank you to our production help and 10 out of 10 out of 10, Sarah Gilbert and Norm Estridge. 10, 10, 10, 10. As always, Tens across thank you, Sarah, Ellen. Sorry. Special thanks to, um, I guess successful use of dating apps i mean you you found love in a hopeless place jess vander on that's true i also uh i made a hinge card game for for couples it's like the the what's the couple newlywed game it's like the couple's game but it's based on hinge prompts and like one of these days hinge is gonna come knocking and be like yes i want to buy that card game but until then that's just like a thing for me alone so thanks Thanks. Thanks for Thanks nothing, to, Hinge. I yeah. Thought I was How much does something. a polar bear weigh? How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Hi, I'm Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to special unthanks that joke. <laughs> uh, well, happy weekend. I hope you all feel beautiful and find love if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> Merry You're all Christmas. hotties inside and out. <laughs> Love you. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Three, two, two one. one.
I feel pretty, so pretty.